when you were supposed to get that bonus or whatever, and then you hit the yeah. dude and you went out. I remember like we were sitting in the dugout. <laughs> And I was like, who the fuck? Like, what is, who is this dude? Is anyone like, what the fuck? Like, is, is he nice? Like, is he, and I went up to Cash and I was like, what? It's like, do you know CC? He's like, yeah, man, he's like a phenomenal person. <laughs> so everyone was almost like, yeah. like if he was a dickhead, then it would be way easier to hate him. But like, <laughs> it was just funny, man. <laughs> What's up, everybody? We are back. Another R2C2. Hopefully not quarantined for too much longer. <laughs> hey, New York, Jersey, and Connecticut, we're doing pretty good now, man. We have been. It's crazy. Um, you know, I've seen a, a report that came out today where people, they want people to start quarantining if they start coming up here. So that's the reverse of where, you know, people were traveling from here, you know, having to quarantine going to other states. So, you know, we've been doing a pretty good job, but, you know, hopefully we can, you know, keep that up. Amen, man. Yeah, no, don't stop now, right? Everybody keep being respectful, wearing masks, social distance, all that, no doubt. Um, see, we uh, we have an awesome guest today. Um, we we also have a special announcement. Uh, the announcement will come after the guest, so make sure you stay tuned to the you know full episode so that you can hear our special announcement at the end. But today's guest, see, a star for the Rays, Tyler Glass now, and I think people are really going to enjoy this conversation. Yeah, for sure, man. He's an interesting guy, smart dude. Um, obviously, super talented pitcher. Um, you know, he—I think he got hurt against us last year. He got off to a, a crazy start, and then he was—he got hurt in that start against us. So, you know, it—it's uh, good to have you know one of the Rays guys on. So it's—it's uh, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Our rivalry has, has gotten really intense with them, but um, you know, it's still good to have that baseball fraternity to, for him to be able to come on R two C two. Yeah, man. He talks about uh, being on the other side of the uh, that's for you, bitch moment. Um, <laughs> he, he getting into he's a player rep for the Rays. So getting into the negotiations, the protocols, going back to baseball, um, the 60 game sprint, also just kind of the dynamics of being in Tampa and the the difficulties of that, but also maybe advantages this season. So uh, I think you guys you, are gonna, watch, out, watch out for them in this 60 yeah, game sprint, bro. I'm telling yeah. you. I agree. I agree. You guys are really going to get a kick out of this. So here is Tyler Glass now on R2C2. You know, I just I feel very good that we have a um, a prominent Yankee and a prominent Ray because with the way this rivalry has simmered over the last couple of years, I don't know that many would have thought this was possible on R2C2. <laughs> this is a big yeah. moment right here, man. I, yeah, this cool. is a big deal. This is a big deal. It's, <laughs> oh, it's cool. My. Thanks for coming on, though. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on. I like your guys' show. Um, so much time in quarantine, too. It's cool to be able to like do some stuff. <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> yeah. man. I know. It's uh, us, too. I remember like the first one we did during this. And we've done it. I think we missed one week during uh, this period of time. But like... The first one, it was like, oh, good. All right, we're like doing something productive, you know, yeah. like, because you just felt so irregular and out of sorts. Um, yeah. Just, just giving our audience an idea. We know this just from chatting with you, Tyler. But like, so you know, where have you spent most of this period of time, and where are you now? I okay. So I initially stayed in Florida. I moved into my place in St. Pete, and then I got super bored. Went to California, saw some friends and whatnot early on. Uh, six feet apart, of course. And of course. then I went to Arizona to see my family. My parents just moved from California to Scottsdale like a year ago. 
So I ended up just going down there and then um, I wasn't extremely familiar with the area, but obviously there's so many pro guys down there. So I ended up just staying there for an extended period of time because it was just easier to train and lift and do all that good stuff. Have you been throwing like uh, sides and sim games or whatever this whole time? Yeah, I've been trying to get off the mound like twice a week. Uh, I've been able to do lives every now and again, like Cole Tucker on the Pirates lives out here and like Trevor Williams and those dudes. So we've gone to like a batting cage and thrown live. I've gone like, two, three innings. Um, and then if I can't find people to like do live hitting or whatever, I'll just go do like an extended bullpen, like a couple ups and downs and whatnot, just to try and stay in shape. Yeah. Just try to simulate like the ups and downs or like, I mean, cause it's late, but like you yeah. guys are just getting started. So this is weird, man. It's so strange. I think too, it's good to like get the low adrenaline reps into like doing the ups and downs in cages. Cause it's going to be how it is in the game. Like no fans, so nothing. So it's nice to be able to like see, I guess how different or like how tired you feel when you don't have that like outside stimuli or whatever but it's been it's been cool like i'm feeling good i just want to get back out living with chronic pain is the worst it's more than a feeling of discomfort it can affect your whole life many of our listeners probably have some type of pain that has prevented them from relaxing, sleeping, or even stopped them from exercising entirely. See, you went through that your entire career with your knee, right? Yeah, man. At least the last the last 10 years, you know, not being able to get a good night's sleep, not being able to, you know, hang out and do stuff that I want with the family sucks. Well, enter Omax Health. If you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle and joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery, then you need to try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution, CryoFreeze CBD Roll-On developed by Omax Health. I know you're big about the roll-on, see? I love the roll-on and, and, you know, for recovery, being able to put that thing on at night. You know, I work out a lot now every day. Um, so to be able to roll that thing on at night and get a good night's sleep uh, is huge for me. This non-prescription triple action pain relief roll-on is specially formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. All you do, roll it on where it hurts, ice out the pain. The best part, this 100% natural CBD-powered remedy works its magic within 10 minutes of application and relief lasts up to eight hours, much longer than over-the-counter products. Anyone can benefit from this immediate pain relief. Omax Health is offering our listeners 20% off a full bottle of CryoFreeze CBD pain relief roll-on plus free shipping. Just like CC, I use it as well. It is fantastic, I'm telling you. I use it on my like lower back, hip. It's incredible how quickly it works. This discount also applies towards any product site-wide. Just go to omaxhealth.com today, enter code R2C2. That's O-M-A-X health.com and enter code R2C2 to get 20% off cryo-freeze and, and site-wide. How hard do you think it's going to be competitively to have you know yourself in that same place juice wise yeah. energy wise focus wise mm -hmm. without having you know the normal uh you know ambiance of a crowd yeah i think personally for me i don't think i'm gonna have too much trouble with it i'm i am like an adrenaline pitcher i think it's maybe a little weird to be a starter and like because i'm very much like emotional when i'm pitching i want to feel like i'm out there like giving it everything but even like for me in a bullpen, I feel that I can kind of simulate that. Like if I'm competing against another person, I think I can get as much like the competitive juices are there. Like adrenaline is there if I'm competing. Um, it's a little different, I guess, if I'm just throwing to like a catcher. But um, speaking for myself, like I think it's going to be 
totally normal, a different, but I think I'm going to be fine as far as the, the adrenaline goes. Yeah. I, I feel like me, like if I was pitching, just knowing how competitive I am and like mm-hmm. not wanting to just give up hits and runs, just, I mean, you just because there's nobody in the stands, you still don't want to give a fucking run. You know what I'm saying? So like, exactly. Yeah. I still, these are still going to carry on in arbitration. Like these stats matter. Like it still counts. It don't like, matter. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that's a great point. How about like Tyler? I mean, you're a, you're um a player rep for the for the Rays, so I'd imagine you have you had some level of involvement, you know, throughout the negotiations. I'm not going to go there yet, but just as far as the um, I'm sure you have some level of involvement and knowledge, just as how the machinations of the season will go. Yeah. When it comes to certain, do you, like, do you think there's a chance that certain markets will be able to have a certain portion of fans in the stands, even if they're distanced and or wearing masks? Yeah, I think so. So I know Texas came out and said, I I know they've had like a spike recently, but they said they'd probably get to like 50% capacity. I think Boston talked about having fans. It's funny though, like we've been doing all these negotiations and so much of it was off of like, uh, if there would be fans in the stands, like obviously arguing like the economics of it all. And then the second yeah. we came up with the deal, all these states were like, well, I think we're going to have fans now. So <laughs> like, it's, I don't know if there's any like correlation, but it's just funny that like the second 1,000% it that, is. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking too. I want to get all conspiracy like that. Is there a provision in there that says, hey, if we do get fans, then the economics change to a certain no, degree? No. So, I mean, we were arguing to get full prorated salary, like the agreement we had in March. So right. Like, right. Like the, yeah. Right. So it's basically, we just wanted to get paid for like a day's work, regardless of how many fans there are. Um, we would You'd be the getting same the same money yeah. prorated. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. You, yeah. you know what's crazy? Because you guys are traveling within the division. Like I would, I would feel weird about like, so say in Tampa, you guys don't get to have fans, but like if you go to Yankee Stadium, you go to Boston, they get to have fans. It's kind of mm. fucked up because yeah. it's not the home. You know what I'm saying? Like exactly. if, it's, if it's no fans, it's no fans. Nowhere. Like I don't care about the market or what's going on with the sure. virus. Like it ha- you have to keep that 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 even playing field. And that that's just for me. You know what I'm saying? I think so. I think there is like a, a big like home field advantage in a sense. Like if you are playing in Texas or somewhere that has fans, like you get half of your games or whatever, 30 of them with fans. And I think that helps a lot of people. And Florida, I doubt, is going to have fans anytime soon. But, yeah, it's weird. Even, like, the economics for certain teams, like, I'm sure some ownership is like, this kind of sucks. Like, you guys get to have fans and we don't. There's not, like, a revenue sharing kind of thing involved. But I don't know. Whatever. This is, like, a strange time. I think everyone just kind of has to, like, go out and figure out just this shit sucks. You do what you got to do. That's it. Tyler, I just got to say, you know there are people in the audience who who are thinking, like, well, in Tampa, they socially distance naturally with their fans. Like, you know, I just yeah. got to say it, Tyler. I know you yeah, can't say it. it about the Rays fans, but I got to say it, man. Yeah. I got to say it. It's, I mean, if, if uh, Boston or the Yankees were in town, we, we would definitely have like a, a pre-packed house getting booted home. That's always a weird feeling. But yeah, no, for sure. I, I think in a sense too, like not even talking shit, like yeah. we might be in a better position, I think just because we have depth and we have such a young team, but we're also used to like not a ton of fans. So like, yeah. I don't know how much different it's going to feel. Dude. <laughs> yeah. I get That's it, man. What, when I played in Cleveland and the Yankees came in town, I'd be like, where all the fuck these fucking Yankee fans come from? I know. Like when I, I walk know. around Everywhere. the city, all I see is Indians jerseys. Now we go, we get the Yankees. I mean, uh, yeah. to Jacobs field and there's nothing but uh, Yankee fans. It's crazy. Yeah. Man. It's same example. I get like heckled at home. I get like booed at home. Like, dude, what are you doing? Come on. No. Like, I get it. You like the Yankees, but like, cut me a break. Let's go. You know, Tyler, what do you think it's about? Because you guys, you know, you have such a good team and, and now it's an organization that is highly regarded as far as anyone who has 
any kind of baseball knowledge, right? Because you guys know yeah. what you're doing. You get the most out of your assets and your resources and you're competitive year in and year out. Um, but, and the TV ratings often in your market are strong, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of times the TV ratings are very strong for the Rays. It, 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 like, where's the disconnect? Is it just, hey, a new ballpark fixes it? Like, what are the factors that go into it as far as, and I know you haven't been there that long, but as far as your experience in Tampa would lead you to believe? I think it's like no disrespect to the trot, but it's like not exactly the newest stadium. I think so much of it's out of the way for a lot of people. Like um, the lightning play in Tampa downtown, like at Amelie, and that place packs out. Like when I lived here a couple years ago, it was like, you got to go to the hockey games. It's like, was the social event of Tampa. And I think here it's just in a weird spot. Like it's starting to get developed around it. Um, but I, I just think it's just, I don't know. It's like inconvenient for people. There's like the traffic's kind of tough getting in and out. Um, I don't know. There's there's a, a bunch of different reasons. I thought the incentive would be to go into like a nice air conditioned building, right? Like, go who cares? <laughs> During the summertime, right? Yeah, exactly. I just think too so much of it. Like, Tampa's a really young organization, and and like there's not. I think it'll start to get a little better, regardless of where we play in like ten years or so. I just think like the kids that grew up twenty one whatever years ago, their parents bought them tickets to games. Now they're starting to make money for themselves to be like, oh, I want to go back and have that like nostalgic effect of watching a baseball game. So I think as like generations start to like turn over I, I think it'll probably start to blow up more because there's a lot of support in the city I think like not that many people maybe show up all the time but um there's a lot of people show baseball team love and like all the restaurants everything like that it's like a, a pretty big I don't know show of support so it's, it's just the location of that stadium that's all it is exactly, like, exactly. that, that exactly. area is so big for baseball and like it's so many great players that came out of the Tampa area but yeah. it's just where the stadium is and like proximity to getting People from Orlando, like if the stadium was, say, where the Hard Rock Casino is at or yeah. downtown where the the hockey arena is, you get people from I-4, you get people from Lakeland, you get people yeah. from Orlando all over to come support the team. I just think it's in a bad spot where you can't really get fans off the highway to come, you know, all the way to St. Pete. But yeah, Tampa, obviously Florida is a, a, you know, and Tampa is a big baseball city. It's just, it's just the location of that stadium, bro. I'm telling you. Yeah. They talk about changing it to Ybor City too, but I think yeah. they just couldn't get funding. Like nobody, like the city was willing to put up some money and I don't know if ownership wanted to spend a bunch of money because there's still a chance you do it, build a stadium and not a lot of people show up. I don't think that'd be true. I think baseball's like transcends anywhere. I just think like you said, the location, if it was in Ybor City, I think it would be packed out just like uh, like the hockey stadium. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think so too, man. Like, I mean, and and you guys have a great product too, right? And and yeah. now it's like it's been a consistent product too. It's not like because even even in a down year now, you guys somehow finagle your way to five hundred, right? And then the next year you're you're knocking on ninety wins, and the next year you're a World Series contender, whatever it is. It's like your mm-hmm. organization is just sort of expected to be good now, you know. And I think that. Yeah. The fan base, I'm sure, has that sort of expectation as well. So I would think that if you build it, they will come. You know, I mean, I, I, yeah. I would think that's the case. But yeah, I, I would love to see it just so I don't have to walk into that dreary trop ever again. You know, I mean, it's, like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's just it, the lighting, man. It's just so dark in there, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Is that good for you? <laughs> no, dude, it's honest. That's what's so weird, like how KK – Kiermaier and center is like wins gold gloves and all that stuff. And it's like, you'll go shag out there and I can't see anything. The <laughs> roof is white, like white baseballs are what I don't understand who 
decided if you take to your eyes loop, off the ball, if you try to look done. back up, it's, you're, it's over. Like, you can't crazy. catch it. You can't find it again. It's crazy. I'll ne- I see some of the weirdest routes in the trot. Like, some of the best outfielders are just, like, puzzled every time they come and play. So, I guess that's another <laughs> home field advantage thing. Like, if you can go figure out, like, the lighting, I guess you're in a better spot. But it's tough. Man, Tyler, <laughs> how about, like, you know, when you're, a, when you're a young star like you are and you, you know, I mean, last year before you get hurt, you're off to just a ridiculous start, yeah. um, you know, after being traded over from the Pirates. And, um, and you know, you, you know that, you, you know, the history of the organization, right? Like if you're a star, you get to a certain place and, you know, you're probably going to be traded before you max value, right? Mm-hmm. But obviously you want to have investment in the organization and feel like home. Yeah. Is it? When you look at your career, do you are you able to say like, hey, this is going to be my home for a long time? Like, even though I have grand economic thoughts, like, mm-hmm. or how do you look at it? Or do you say, well, look, I'm just going to maximize the two or three years. I know I'll be here four years, and then I know they'll probably trade me. Like, as a young star with this organization, how do you approach that? I think so much of it, like as woo-woo and cliche as it is, like I really try to like just control what I can, like live in the moment as much as I possibly can. And I think so much of it's like, I, I'm a big league pitcher. It's amazing regardless of where I am. I'm just going to try and compete and show out and, and put up numbers. Um, I do. I think it would be amazing to stay here for a long period of time. The reality of the situation is that like nobody does though. So I think yeah. that even if you were to sign an extension or something, uh, you're probably going to end up leaving during the middle or, or end of it. But um I'm just appreciative to be on the team right now. Like our guys are so cool. The front office is like nothing I've ever heard. Like everyone is very much on the same level here. I think you can do that because it's a, like a small market team, but it's very like family kind of oriented. Like Neander or GM will just come down and like bullshit with everyone. Like he's a player. Like it's very much like a family type deal. And um, I, I can't speak on other organizations or anything, but it feels rare. So I think it's just nice and it's a comfortable atmosphere and guys that are young can come up and just like, boom, are good to go, like comfortable. And I'd imagine even like when I was in Pittsburgh, I think there was some unfamiliarity. When you get called up, you don't want to step on anyone's toes or you don't mm-hmm. want to like be the rookie that's like just, I don't know, talks too, too much or whatever. Yeah, and he, yeah. Exactly. And like here, it's just do whatever you want. Like as long as you're playing well, just come up, be yourself. Don't worry about it. Um, so that's what I think why I, I did well right when I got traded over too. That's, that's a cool thing to have that as a young player. Like when you can walk into a clubhouse and feel comfortable because that's yeah. all you want is just to be able to just be accepted and feel comfortable because you're trying to figure shit out. Like, it's hard enough to go out there and pitch, and then yeah. you don't want to have to worry about what you're saying in the clubhouse. But if you can be yourself and, you know, everybody's going to accept you, I feel like that's how you get younger players to be better right away. Like, as soon as they come yes. out comfortable and play within themselves and, and just go out and, and kind of show out. Yeah, I think you can probably speak to this way better than I can, but I feel like back in the day, like the, the overall atmosphere was like, this kid's coming up to take my job. Like I'm going to try and make him uncomfortable. So he doesn't yeah. take my job. I think now mm. it's more so like, I don't know what's changed or how it's changed or why, but it seems to, I can only speak on Tampa, but for the most part, guys are all like, just cause like the minimum situation guys are getting shuffled in and out so much that like, I don't know. It just seems people are more comfortable now. It was definitely a, a lot different. The culture was way different back then with the younger guys. Yeah. And and it was because, you know, a lot of those guys thought that you were coming up to take their job and they wouldn't help you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like exactly. you had to find a vet that would help you on the field, off the field to stay out of people's way. To, and it was just kind of hard to navigate, especially for me at 20 years old. So, you know, yeah. when, when I yeah. was able to like take control over the clubhouse, I always wanted the young guys to feel comfortable. I didn't want them to feel like I felt at 20 years old coming up like, Hey, let's everybody come in. We're trying to win a championship. I need you to be at your best. 
So whatever you need to do in this clubhouse, I don't give a fuck what that is. As long yeah. as you're ready at seven o'clock to go play, you know what I'm saying, and and, and yeah. you feel good, and and we having fun, like let's let's go do it. I'm all for it. Yeah, I feel like it's so sick to have, especially in New York too. There's already so many like external pressures and like so many people watching and judging to where if somebody can make you feel comfortable, you're probably like, I can't imagine coming up as like a 20 or whatever year old and being in like a like a New York Yankee and just being like, what the <laughs> fuck am I doing here? Like, this is crazy. Like, if I came up at nuts. 20 as a New York Yankee, I would have been out of the game at 25, I'm Shit. telling you. <laughs> I know, I think it was too much fun, too cool. Yeah, yeah, I was too wild, bro. I was too wild. What, for you, like coming over from Pittsburgh, what do you think of the biggest difference pitching in the American League and National League has been for you uh, so far? Damn. Um, I think for me, like so much as I'm like, I'm just such a different pitcher now than I was in Pittsburgh, but I feel like I like the fact that like, I don't know, I loved hitting in the NL, but I think coming here and pitching in the AL was just like, all you have to do is, is pitch. Like my, I'm, my mind is focused on pitching. It's just routine, routine, routine. I feel like sometimes when I was hitting, I don't know if it would like take me out of it. I just feel like I'm more like I'm waking up to pitch today. Like I'm a pitcher. Here I go. I feel like game planning is just easier. I can like, I don't know. I think it's you can just, just lock whole, in on, on your game yeah, plan and everything. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. Instead and of worried about hitters, do I have my batting gloves and like I got to face exactly. this guy and all that shit. Yeah. yeah. And I honestly hated fucking throwing to pitchers, man. I I don't think I would really fucking me anymore. <laughs> Why, but, dude? Because it's it's just like it's a lose lose. Like, it's I'm a lose lose, cuz. And then if he hits a double or something, I'm a bitch. Like I just and then you go to you're like, dude, I'm not gonna give. It, I don't want to like what am I waste a bullet? I start throwing like 94. I'm two zero. 3-0, 3-1, five pitches. Like, I was over that. I think now I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a problem, but, like, then I remember just being like, why the fuck am I throwing to these pitches? Like, <laughs> this is baseball. Let's go. Let's go. Like, I don't know. The competition's probably better just pure data-wise, like, because you have a, a DH in the AL. But I don't know. I, I seem to just – I don't know. I like the AL more. I just think I've had success in the AL, so it's like it, you just, like, I don't know. My my yeah. thought process is like I like it more here. So <laughs> So I went from AL to NL for two months and then came back to the AL. And like the biggest thing that I like I did when I went to the National League is I learned how to pitch inside. Like they pitch inside okay. so much, especially in That's the central. So like true. everybody's That's throwing so in. And then when yeah, I came damn. back to the American League, everything's out over the plate. That's why you got, you yeah. know, you got DH and some of you guys, you know, putting up big numbers. And I was able to like start controlling that inside part of the plate. I kind of wish I would have started throwing my cutter earlier. But I started, sure. you know, pounding that inside part of the plate on both lefties and righties, and it just made a huge, like, opened up everything for me. Yeah, that's actually so true, because even the Pirates, like, preach. We would get in fights all the time in the minor leagues, because our whole thing was, like, throw in. Like, who cares throw if you in. hit people? We always led the league in hitting people. But, yeah, it's that's actually crazy that you said that. That's so true. Yeah, you have to learn that skill as a young pitcher, man. Throwing in. Yeah. Fuck it. If you hit them, you hit them. But you got to go in there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's a good – I think that is a good mentality to have. I used to be pretty – scared to go in on guys just because you want to hit someone and then like you don't have confidence in your strike throwing ability like now guys on first and blah 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 but but then you leave it this much over the middle then that's right in the happy zone too you know what i'm saying yeah for me too it's such a benefit because i throw hard and i kind of have a lot going on so like it looks wild and if you see something coming up and then guys are like i can already see so many people that like just the winds out of their sails. If I go miss up and in, they're like, fuck this. Like, I'm not going walk me or something. But it's kind of like, especially the days I'm not feeling it, like I have to show a couple like neck balls and it, my game is just much easier from then on. That's an Tyler. AJ Burnett statement right there. If he's not <laughs> yeah, feeling good, yeah. he throw a couple neck balls and start throwing yeah. hooks, bro. <laughs> that was like a huge dude. I, I mean, he would say all this shit with the Pirates too. And like the Pirates almost adopted that too. They've always been big into throwing in, but AJ Burnett and our relievers, the years that they were like pretty good, 
was always about going up and in and like scaring people, making it uncomfortable, and then and then just kind of doing what you have to do. I think it works, man. It definitely does. Yeah. Tyler, I just want you to be real careful with this philosophy when Aaron Judge and Glaber Torres step into the box. I, you know, yeah, I just, I, everybody, you know, everybody else, I do your thing, but please, please be careful yeah. to those guys. All right, I would never want to hit Aaron Judge. He's like the greatest. I played with him in the fall league. He's probably one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. He is, He's a bro. great dude, man. I might have he, to go up in it, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> why do you guys think that is, though? Like, see, why is it in the National League that you're taught to pitch in more than in the American League? Or why did that yeah. develop, you think? You know what? In the National League, they just they were just teaching me for me just to get quick outs. Like, this is yeah, the quickest yeah. way. You know, three or four pitches. Fuck getting strikeouts. Like, we need you to, to throw 140 pitches in this set eight or nine innings. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we need you to go to distance. So we, the, the quickest way to get, you know, weak ground balls, weak contact, get guys off my changeup was going in. And Jason Kendall yeah. would fucking go in there. He was like this big, set up a target, <laughs> and I would just throw that bitch hard as I could. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, exactly. To an yeah. area more so than actually trying to go in for a strike. And then I would go, yeah. you know, use the next pitch to, to try to get him out. So... That was, yeah, the Pirates, like, early philosophy, so much of it was, like, I was, start, I was like, throwing sinkers and, like, downhill and down, and I just, I think it, you got to find what works for you, and I think for me, I'm still, like, blossoming into, like, a, a pitcher, obviously, but it's a lot easier for me now to throw strikes, but then, like, I'd always try to nitpick the corners and try and get these early outs, and I think the second I realized for me, I was like, fuck that, I have to strike some people <laughs> out, like, just the mentality in itself, like, that confidence leads to early outs, but I think when I was always trying to, like, hit, like you said, like, trying to throw a strike in or trying to throw, a, like, a sinker on the corner, like, I should just be out here trying to blow people away. It's definitely yeah. different. I think you definitely do need to learn. Like you've obviously changed from when you first started to now. And I like welcome the idea of having to like, maybe my stuff regresses a little bit and I have to start learning how to like, just like the whole philosophy of how to get people out. And I think I'm like good with it now, but so much of, I just err on the side of throw the shit out of it. So. Yeah. And, and you know what? That's the easiest way to go. And I always went, I always wanted to go like the simple route. Like I'm going to just use my ability throw the shit out of it and whatever happens, happens. But I kind of wish like mid twenties, late twenties, I would have started paying attention to like my pitch sequences, maybe learning my cutter a little earlier yeah. and kind of throwing that into my arsenal when I still threw hard to kind of, you know, I mean, I, th I think yeah. it would have just opened up so, so much other shit. So, you know, give yourself a couple more years to air that shit out and then, and then yeah. start figuring everything out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love to like, I nerd out on scouting reports all the time. And like, I feel like I know people's vulnerabilities and their weaknesses. And then I get on the mat. I'm like, Whoa! <laughs> like, let's go. it's nice to know. It's good to have the information. Cause when you are in the sixth, seventh inning and you're like, you've kind of exhausted all of your other options. It's like, I know this dude can't hit up and in. I know yeah. this guy can't hit here. It's nice to have the info. But like for me, as far as like that confident, like let's, I think like as of now, like you said, I'm just going to, I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> just stick with it. But the, yeah. the biggest thing about those scout reports too is like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know this, but like for me, I always was like, I'm a, like, I know this guy, you know, he may hit sliders well or backdoor sliders mm -hmm. well, but that's what I do. So, you know what yeah. I mean? Like I still got to go with what works for me. You know 100%, what I'm saying? hundred percent. Like my, I'm always, I'd rather err on my strength as opposed to their weakness. Cause it's yes. like, you do something you're not confident in, and then you give up a hit, and it's that feeling of like instant regret. Just like, what then the you fuck? can't like, sleep all night. I, yeah, no I matter whether you pitch well or not, you, know, you gave up that That's fucking so double on some shit yeah. that you didn't even want to do. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like, oh, change up here. Like, when I never do that. Like, let's try and get like tricky, and then you say, oh, that's the worst. <laughs> I, I'm PTSD just talking about it. I hate that shit. <laughs> yeah, Tyler, not how how much are you like? I mean, how specific are you getting with a scouting report as you're calculating it on the mound? Like, because you know, I've seen 
and I, you know, I know all the guys in the analytics departments and that. And so I see like, you know, how specific you can get with hot zones, cold zones on certain counts versus lefty, righty, whatever, right? After yeah. a certain pitch, et cetera. Like to what degree are you like breaking it down as you're actually thinking about it? Are you thinking like, oh, I know this guy in a two, one count is going to be vulnerable here. Or is it more so like yeah. a zone or a pitch? How do you break it down? I think for me, like I like to dive in on the numbers, not even necessarily to benefit me on the mound. I just like during the whole course of a season, I always want to find things to like make my mind work. It's about you just like the stresses of a season. I, I want to be stimulated and like, I want to have something that I feel like I'm getting better towards. But in terms of like how I actually translate the scouting report to pitching, so much of it is like an athletic sort of thing. Like I, I don't think I'll ever lose a sense of like when I'm in the middle of a bat, whether I know the guy's weaknesses or not, like you can see, oh, he's leaking or this, that, like that's my number one reference. And then just going back for me, like hot zones, like seeing what guys, because a majority of like you will, if you dissect the numbers enough, you'll see like people hit differently, 1-0, But in a, in a majority, like guys have a hole to where like they can't hit that certain pitch most of the, no matter what count it is. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. some guy, like a lot of big leaguers don't, but I think the people that like have that glaring hole, those are the ones I remember. But when I really need to, to, think back guy on like second and third with one out. And I'm like, I got to, all right, this dude's vulnerable here. It's nice to know then. But like what CC said too, like I'm, I'm still just going to err on my strengths unless I see something that's like, this guy is extremely weak here. Like I'm going to try and exploit it. And, uh, and unless you are, you have this guy report like downstairs during the game, you're never going to sure. remember that. Like, you know, whoever can't hit a changeup on two and one, you're never going to remember exactly. that shit. No. You know what I'm it's saying? Too much so shit going on. Yeah. It's more yeah. hot and cold zones. So they give you this page, and it's got like the hot and cold zones of the last seven yeah. games, how he's been swinging the first couple, you know, first pitch, you know, the at bat or whatever. And that's all I ever looked at was just to see if he's going to try to jump me first pitch, and exactly. you know, if where he's, where he's been hot and cold. The and last are you seven remembering games. that? Or is that I can easy remember to retain that. on the mound? I, yeah. I can remember who's aggressive in that. Yeah. Definitely, like, that's the one thing that's easy to remember for me, too. Like, our pitching coach, Kyle Sanders, so unbelievably good at being a pitching coach. Like, he has it in the dugout. If you want it, he'll give it to you. Like, his mound visits are very, like, informative, too, in a sense. But I do feel like that's probably the one thing I remember the most. Like, who's going to jump you early and who's going to give you a strike? Like, a mm. Brantley or somebody, like, who's kind of take strike one or, like, Mookie Betts will take strike one and there's some student dudes that just, like, always swing no matter what. Like, no young dudes or, like, a Devers or something like that. But, like... They're also evolving, so you just got to take it one day at a time, I guess. What interferes with your happiness? Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? See, you and I both know when the mind's not right, it's hard to be happy. It's hard to achieve your goals, right? Yeah, nah, no doubt. Mental health is, is a real thing, so... Um... You know, that's always something that I'm always checking. I know, you know, that's something that people should always be aware of and, and checking, you know, how they're feeling and, and, you know, dealing with those emotions. And it's something obviously incredibly relevant right now. And BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You'll connect in a safe and private online environment and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. Send a message to your counselor anytime and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you could schedule weekly video or phone sessions. It's so convenient, and it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. With BetterHelp, you'll get access to licensed professionals who are specialized in areas such as depression and anxiety, stress, relationships, grief, and more. 
We want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash R2C2. Join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash R2C2. Tyler, I, I, I got I to gotta bring you back, not to a, a place you necessarily want to go, but this is terrific, and you're such an I- interesting guy, we can already tell. Um, facing the Astros in the playoffs, all right? Mm-hmm. And you know, you're on the mound in game five, and there's the whole, like, you know, oh, is he tipping his pitches? Is he not? Like, ah, yeah. and we know we got, you know, we got Bregman and everybody else, like, you know, mimicking, like, you know, and we know we know there's a lot of layers to um sure. what happened with them over the years. Yeah. But I'm wondering, as you are going in to face them, uh, how aware are you of their tendencies? And are you of the belief that I'm gonna be working against some nefarious forces here when I take the mound in Houston in the playoffs? I think just baseball players in general are like kind of superstitious. So I think like, and a lot of times, like, are you are referring to just like, do do you think that like, are you taking the mound thinking like they're probably cheating? I have to be super careful. I th- I don't necessarily like for me. I never when I would pitch against them, I, I never would like let like that wouldn't creep into my mind. I would just mm-hmm. kind of be like, I'm here to I gotta prepare how I normally prepare. I'm gonna go out and play baseball. If they're cheating, I can't control it anyway. But I do think there was even before all that stuff came out, we everyone knew like not only Houston, a lot of teams were doing some stuff. And so when you do go into Houston, you are kind of like, wait a minute. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like keep an eye on the dugout, like some sketchy shit can go on. But um, as far as like what happened in the playoffs, like whether they were cheating or not, like I was definitely tipping. I've had times where I've like been, yes, I was, no, I wasn't, but I've been able to go back and like dissect it and have some other people even show me. And like, it was pretty obvious. So I think like my own person, like I did bad because of my own fault. I don't, Yes, I don't know if they were cheating. I know there's like that video algorithm that like relays your curveball fastball and you can like pick out like the minute details of it. I don't even think that's cheating to be honest. I think if it's live, that could be a little sketchy. But if you see my start before, do that little algorithm thing about what my tip is and then know what I'm doing, that's on me. Like, so mm. in that sense, but yeah, like you said, I think there's some paranoia going on for a little <laughs> bit. Nothing, nothing crazy, but yeah. Being able to go back and watch and know and like talk to people and be like, okay, yeah, I was tipping. That makes you feel a little better, like being able to sleep at night, right? Not like, yeah. oh shit, they got some shit that I, I don't know what they're going to have. And are they mm-hmm. passing along the information? You know what I mean? Yeah. Almost too for like, I don't even know if I want to admit this, but like for my ego, I was like, oh yeah, that's why they Yeah, <laughs> no, 1,000% yeah, for your yeah, ego. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, they can't, they can't hit me on a normal like, oh, okay, I see what happened here. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I get that though. I, to- I totally get that. I always think yeah. about um, uh, Andy Pettit, my favorite athlete of all time in game, uh, game six of the 01 World Series in Arizona, man. And it was like, you know, I don't know if you guys remember or are familiar with the start, but he, he got shelled in, in game six. You know, after the Yankees had won the three games in the Bronx, they're up 3-2, right? He just got shelled. And it was like, it, it was to the point where it was like, this doesn't make, you know, it's just like, this doesn't make sense, whatever. And of yeah. course, afterwards, he found out he was tipping. And I know as someone who just like loves to defend anything that anyone ever tries to tweak Andy with with you know I mean he's great there's not that much but still I was like I felt emboldened to say like oh dude oh, yeah. he was tipping he was tipping that yeah yeah exactly like, yeah. why do you no, why do you think it, they got it, him it definitely helps your confidence too I mean your ego your confidence just to know like okay if I correct this like 
when you weren't tipping, you were you were locked in. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you like, yeah. if I correct this little this one little fucking thing that they have, then uh, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's yeah, gonna be good for, for sure. me. So that's that's a good thing. Yeah. It's you know some too. I've been it's kind of tough. I, I don't know if you've ever had a tip or whatever, but like I've had it for quite a while. And even this going into spring training and like this whole quarantine time, like most of my focus is on fixing that. It's fucking harder than you think. Like, <laughs> oh, it's way weird. harder. It's so because weird. you do the same. Yeah. I mean, I had a tip yeah. big time. Like it would be here and here. And it was it's only a couple people that knew that too. shit though. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So it had exactly. to be a guy that was on the team that like, like Adrian Beltre knew. He knew my tip. Sure. So yeah. like anytime I faced a team that he was on, it was going to be a tough night for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and like, then you start to like get into like, cause you want to have that same for me and you like the same stream of consciousness when I'm pitching. I want to be like, get it, do my routine, throw it, get it. Get, but like when you know you're tipping, it adds another like mental aspect to it. And you're just, and you kind of get thrown off a little bit and you start to think about this and then you're like timing gets all fucked up. So at a certain sense, it's like, do I think about fixing my tip or I just think about go competing? And it's, it's like, you got to find that like, Nice I think you. Mesh I think you fix the tip and playing catching in the bullpen, and then when you get in the yeah. game, fuck it, you just got to go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah, man, it, it's uh, it's it's so fascinating. Like just thinking about these details and 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 just like just the little things. But Tyler, you brought up something so interesting, and I think you're right. Like I agree. If you're if you're tipping something, even if you're using the opposing teams using technology to actually depict it, right? Like from your last start or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then they know and they go in and they know, okay, like because we use this algorithm, we know when he does this, it's this. When he does this, it's a fastball, whatever. I agree with you. I don't think that's cheating. I think that's like yeah. within the lines. It's when it's like, it's it's when it's actually when it's live. like live. Yeah, yeah that's like bullshit. that. Yeah. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's when it's like, when it's real time, you're telling me because of something technological, what's about yeah. to happen. That's when I feel like it's, different you know and yeah. and i do th i do think there's there's gray areas and then there's oh you just crossed over you know and and what you're yeah. talking about if it's like oh you're using an algorithm and then figuring it out ahead of time and then just telling your hitters to me that's 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 fine that's gray area that's okay yeah. you know it takes like, all like the art out of it like if I, I can get down with a guy on second like if you're stealing my signs yeah. for second like that's baseball yeah, with that. you, yeah. Like, yeah throw a computer in there like what the fuck that's just like yeah. come on it's like what are you doing it but is. You know what's crazy is if y'all win that game five and we play on the ALCS, we going seven games like that, like for yeah. sure, like no doubt, like that would have been an epic series for sure. I know, dude. I was so too. Even like looking at it, like when you're a little kid and you think about how it is to pitch in the playoffs, like I would always envision throwing against or on the Yankees when I was little. Yeah. And I remember being like, okay, game five, we fucking win this. Like <laughs> play the Yankees, like it would be crazy. And I remember just being like, fuck. Like obviously, like nobody likes losing, but. It was just like, damn. All right, maybe next year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys yeah. are you you were you were good. You were hot. Um, you know, I mean, I don't think anyone you know because the Astros were such a beastly team. You know, no mm -hmm. one's expecting you guys to do what you did in games three and four, and then all of a sudden pushing them to game five, and it's like, oh, hold on a second here. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, this and and so you know, you're that close now going into this year, right? And knowing that you are. Um, going to have this shortened season, this sort of like unique schedule, obviously. It's going to be a 60-game sprint. How do you feel that format aligns with your team's construction and, you know, maybe your ability to take advantage of it? I think we're going to be in a really good spot. I think teams that will benefit are like, what, Yankees? People who just have like a large amount of depth. People that you can put mm -hmm. in and plug in anywhere that will do well. We have, And like you need a good bullpen, you need good pitching, 
we have like one of the best in the league. So I think when the rumor was that we were going to play something around like less than 70 or whatever, I was like, all right, bring it on. Like, not ideal, <laughs> but, but like our team, I think was going to have a really good chance. Like you have to, I don't know. I'm thinking like other teams, like Astros, Yankees, us, Toronto. Like teams that have Toronto. I think that is true. They got a lot of young. I feel like Toronto is going to be pretty nasty. In the, they got a lot of years. young I think arms, bro. Yeah. But yeah. In the 60 Seriously. games, they could be really, in a couple of years, they're going to be really That's good. That's true. But in I a 60 too, game sprint, yeah. With those hitters, that mental, yeah, yeah that is true because they, they bang like that's not a team you go into lightly. Like they don't, I think they struggle a little bit with pitching, but I think anything can happen in sixty games. And I think being young, like you can catch fire quick. Like sixty games is not a long time. Like you can have a hot month and a half. Like that's not crazy. So exactly, they I struggle just, yeah. with velocity, but like if you don't have yeah. good pitching, they're gonna wear your ass out for sure. Definitely, I always <laughs> they always do well against me. Like they've always put up a like a pretty good fight, and they, like. I don't know what it is, but they're definitely like a pretty dangerous hitting team. Do you guys think like, um, because I mean, you know, it'll be exciting, right? I mean, when, when do we ever have a situation where every single baseball game feels like a must win, right? I mean, yeah. it's going to be super exciting. Do you feel like it will feel legitimate, credible, you know, how you want it to feel as you go through the season and then get into the playoffs so that it doesn't feel like an exhibition, but instead it just feels like sort of a different version yeah. of a really serious season my idea of this whole thing has just been like who fucking cares like we gotta go play anyway <laughs> if it's like legitimate or not like i gotta go play yeah. 60 games and play the playoffs like whatever yeah. you think i think it'll be a new it'll be kind of sick it's like a college season kind of deal yeah i just think everything will be so high energy that i think it'll be like fans would probably appreciate it but yeah i think it's gonna be turned up i think it's gonna be 60 yeah. games of where like when has there been all 30 teams can be fucking it, are in it yeah, and, true. And th- at the end of July, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. So I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. I think you know, once guys get into the groove and you start seeing home runs and you know you get some good weeks going on, you yeah. know by September I think people are gonna be all in on this thing because it's gonna be it's gonna be insane. It's gonna be so many yeah. new teams that have it. The Reds, the Reds are sick. Like they're nasty. People, they're, people they're sleeping really on the Reds. Good. The Reds yeah. made some good moves, man, and they have Seriously. a really good chance to. To be in the World Series if it's 60 games. Like, they do. Everyone's healthy now. Like, they're going to be good. Their owner went out and spent a shit ton of the last two yeah. years. Just, I, I don't know what happened, but it was, I, that's cool. Though. That's a big baseball city, too. I feel like all the fans there, like, when they're good, are, that's a crazy fun place to play. Yeah, that you know, division's tough. I, yeah, I agree I mean, with you guys. I actually, I think it's going to be awesome, you know? Like, I, and, mm-hmm. and I don't, man, I think by the time you get to the playoffs and that, I don't think anybody's thinking like, oh, you know, this isn't this isn't legitimate or or this is just an exhibition. I think you're thinking like, I'm so invested in this. And and can you imagine how tight teams are going to be down those final couple weeks of the season oh, yeah. as people are trying yeah. to make the playoffs and all that? And then That's when you I'm go saying. through the tournament. Right. Like and in some ways, you know, in some ways. I mean, not to say it's more gratifying because you guys know how and see, you know, firsthand just the journey of winning a championship and what a grind baseball is. But in some ways, just thinking about everything you have to deal with this year to be ready to to be prepared to play this season, you know, dealing with the hysteria of a global pandemic. Like, I mean, come on. Like, yeah, you may be playing less games, but there are other factors you're having to overcome to be able to pull this off, you know? <clears throat> Yeah, for sure. I'm just glad we get to go out and play baseball again. There was a time there I was like, I don't know, are we really going to have to wait 18 months to go play baseball again? That would have sucked. Just glad we can do something now. What? What? Um, I mean, because uh, you know, Tyler, we mentioned before that you're a player rep. Um, what would you say? Uh, sort of the, I don't. I guess how would you categorize the way things 
feel at the conclusion of this? Because there was obviously a lot of rhetoric, you know, public dispute between, you know, league and union, um, mm-hmm. you know, players and owners. Where where does it leave off now that you are going and, and going to have baseball? Yeah, um, I don't know. I think like the whole situation was like, I think both sides would admit like, I'm sure they could go back and change a couple things, right? It was kind of messy. I think if there is a good thing that has come out of this, it's like how unified the players are. I think there was probably some doubt on the other side about like, the conflicting views of players, like would they even be able to come together and agree? And I was like, on all our conference calls, man, it was always, everybody was singing the same song. Like everyone was on the, like, we felt we were entitled to something. We had the agreement beforehand, like however it shakes out or however, like what other, what people, whose side they're on. I just think it was important that all of us had that same narrative. And we all came together and we're like, listen, we're about to go play in like a pandemic. Like we just want to get paid for a day's work. And it ended up like the conclusion of it, it would have been great to get a deal. And I think, However, like the new implications they wanted with the playoffs and everything, I think we both could have benefited from it. But I think um, it's just – I'm just glad that we ended up kind of sticking to that full pro rata and ended up getting the full prorated salaries and whatnot. And like I said, just baseball's back. So let's go. <laughs> nah, that, that's a huge thing is that all you, that you guys stuck together. Not only yeah. like the other side seeing you guys stick together, but like for the old players. You know what I'm saying? Like Definitely. because of everything that's been going on the past couple of years, you know what I'm saying? And but to see that you guys like stuck up for each other and was taking each other, you know, had each other's back and and really, you know, stuck up and, and, and got what you guys wanted. I mean, I thought that was huge, man. I was that was Definitely. like I was proud to watch you guys, you know, take that stance and for sure and and you know, stand up to the to the owners. That was cool. Yeah, I think so much of it too, like what we ended up knowing what was going to happen or like what we were to, we were going to agree on. I think owners and people just assumed it would like, we would jump at like more dollars. And I think it was like the principle of being like, we're not going to make as much money here, but this is what we feel is right. So it wasn't really about the money. It was about the principle of like what we thought we agreed to and all that stuff. So I'm just glad it's over with, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I also, man, I think this, Tyler, and you're intimately involved with it, but I think it is super hard to do labor deals for sports in the age of social media, because yeah. I mean, you just like it, it's a very you know, it's a very complicated process for both sides, right? And when you have like the way information trickles out, you know, early on, you know, from what is a, a long and many step process, and then step two gets reacted to like it's step twenty, and then mm-hmm. you have a bunch of voices, you're trying to satisfy all of them, and it's like. It, I mean, it's a it's complicated. It's not easy to pull off in today's day with social Mm-mm. media. I really believe that makes it harder for you guys. Yeah, I think so much too. That's what makes it like being like woven together as a unit, like a union. It was even that much harder with social media because you're just a click away from kind of giving your opinions and stuff. And I feel like for the most part, players all stuck together, and it was it was definitely like a, a nice situation. I'd say. And then you got people like us, you know, us now, the media, like we report on fucking <laughs> tweets and shit that people throw out. I know, out. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Yeah, that's the difference. Like early in social media, like somebody throw out a tweet or an Instagram, that shit wasn't on like ESPN. No. It wasn't like people exactly. actually fucking report. Like I, 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 I put up a picture to, uh, earlier in spring training, like joking about me tearing my ACL. The guy wrote a fucking article about it. <laughs> I know. Off of crazy. my Instagram. I'm like, Cuz, what are you doing? Like, yeah, you crazy. just report off of people's social media now. Shit that's is so stupid. stupid. It's all about so being first. It doesn't problem. really matter if you're right. It's just you have to be the first one to do it. It's funny, too, because, like, if, if both sides could go back and change it, I guarantee you would have been, like, let's just keep this shit, like, in between us. Let's do our negotiations in-house. It's impossible. Like you said, there's too many people, too many people with accounts and stuff. But 
it's the same. Like, imagine if this is an arbitration case. Like, imagine if every single side, someone was tweeting about like, we wanted to do this. Like, how much like animosity and shit that would cause? Like, it's yeah. basically the same thing. Like, you go back and forth, you come up with an agreement, and then people can judge it. But it was just every side was leaking something, and it was just a mess. Like, well, it it also makes it harder for um, you know, if you're intimately involved, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, shit, we had to fight hard to get this X Y Z. And somebody who has a big following happens to take one of those things, maybe misinterpret it, maybe put their own spin on it, tweet it out like, this is a terrible decision by the players. Oh, and now you have all these players react to that tweet too, right? And say like, oh, what are we doing? Why would we do that? And now all of a sudden, maybe you intimately involved are saying like, no, like you don't understand. Like this is actually mm-hmm. a good thing. Or like, no, this is actually a concession we made because we're getting this or whatever. And then you got to have yeah. them like walk back that opinion. I mean- that's hard, yeah. man. That's a hard dynamic. I like, think it's it's good in the sense too to where like you don't like it's nice that everyone does have an opinion and like guys can get together and talk about like whether they agree with what the union or whatever is what's happening. It's like at least you can voice like I don't think this is right. That's what's yeah. so cool about like the rep situation. Like you can call your guy or whatever and be like, yo, this is bullshit. We need to do this, this, and this. And then you have your calls, you discuss it on your calls and you kind of get off. So um, there was obviously like some like conflicting views on it and stuff, but at least everyone got to voice their opinion, whether it was like yeah. good or bad. Like at least yeah. You're, yeah, you're fucking at least you're talking your shit, like whatever. <laughs> what is uh, you know, people are obviously gonna be very interested, Tyler, in like how the COVID aspect of this works, right? And like mm-hmm. um and and what you guys agreed to. Um some of our audience may know from reading things, but some of them may not. Um, what uh, are the procedures and protocols going to be for testing and interactions and, and how that's going to go for you guys? I know they've implemented like the, well, I, so we're going to do, as of now, it's like a, a test every other day. Some guys mentioned like, I want to do testing every day. I don't know what the complications are with that. Maybe like lack of tests, but as of now, I know it's uh, every other day. And then I think your club, if they want to test you more, can test you more. I think like the on-field stuff's a little weird. Like, you can't spit and you can't lick your fingers and stuff. And like CC, you know, I think like baseball is such an instinctual sport to a certain point. Like I'm probably going to spit and lick, and lick my fingers on accident. Yeah. Like I'm sorry yeah. in advance, but it's tough to, when you are so instinctual and like you have your routine, like I don't even know what I do. My mannerisms on the mat, I just do them. <laughs> it's very second yeah. nature to where like, if I get fined every fucking game for licking my fingers, I'm going to be pissed. Like, <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to fix it, but I'll, I guess I'll think about it. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, so it's like no tough. spitting, no seeds, no dip, none of that, right? Like everything's yeah. out. That's you, and you, dude. You know, guys are gonna like sitting on the bench, dip? bro. What like for me, like, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah, sitting on no. the bench for me watching a baseball no. game. There's no chance I'm not having to put a dip in. Like it's absolutely it's part no of your chance. routine. Like how superstitious baseball players are. Like if you're a guy who hits or pitches with a dip in every day, like whether people might not understand, but like you got to do it. You got to keep doing it. It's hard you to like get to. away from that. You feel naked if you are a guy who dips and then you don't. It doesn't feel right. Like yeah. Would would you guys almost rather then like, no, like, hey, you know, we're going to be tested over and over and over again. Right. Uh, But once we're here, just like have us do our normal thing. Like, yeah, okay, there are certain circumstances where we're going to be careful. Maybe we're not socializing the exact same way, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, let our kind of precautions just be the testing, the test, but, but, but actually don't regulate as much our behavior once we're beyond yeah. that i mean is is there a chance that that's actually preferred even as somebody who is potentially exposed yeah i think 
like guys, so much of baseball too, it's like guys are just going to have to police themselves. I do think a lot of like the distancing stuff will, will be enforced and whatnot. I do think that it's just, it's up to the guys. Like, I guess like, cause we're not doing like the bubble situation. Like I think they have said every other day, a testing is fine. And like, those are the specialists mm-hmm. and whatnot. I think it's just up to dudes. Like don't go out to bars or don't go out and meet people and don't go like, that's going to be the hardest part. That's going to be the hardest can, part. But you know, like if one dude fucks it up, like players are going like, to be all over. And so I think it's like internally how close like knit baseball players are and like how much time you spend together. You know that if you're going to be selfish and do that, it's going to affect your entire team. So I bet like people are going to like abide by the rules, I think anyway. It's just harder like because I mean, I almost feel like at home, like people need to be staying in a hotel. I hate yeah. to say that, but like just so you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. like I'm a germaphobe, so like I know like you know certain guys gonna take the subway or Ubers and all that shit here in New York. Like, fuck, we need to be staying in one place so like we all know yeah. that like you know what I'm saying? Like everything's yeah. clean and shit. I know guys push back on that pretty hard too. Like for me personally, I don't. I'm not married. I don't have kids. So for me, I was like, fuck, I'll, I'll go live in a Motel Six. I don't care. I'll go play yeah. baseball. But for a lot of guys, like with families and whatnot it was just tough for them to think about like not cause the original idea was like, you can't see your family when you're on the road. Like there still is a chance on the, like the hotel and whatnot. On the road. I don't know if your family and kids can come see you. Like, come. I don't. So, I mean, that it does seem like a pretty big deal, but I don't know. I guess we just have to wait and see. This is so new for everyone. It's a yeah. Wild time, I mean, it, it, yeah. It, it's crazy, man. I, I could see the families being a big sticking point too. It's like, you know, I mean, it's the part of the um, and I broadcast NBA games as well, Tyler, and it's the part of the NBA part, the NBA bubble situation where I'm like, you know, that's a lot, you know, like that. That's a yeah. tough ask to ask people. Yeah. And I don't know if there's going to be some addendums to it. So, you know, not taking my word as gospel here, but like to ask people like, hey, you can't have your families in for the first seven weeks or or whatever it is or, or 60 days or, you know, that's I mean, that's a long time to say like. Yeah. Hey, you can't see your family, you know, um, mm-hmm. and and so I don't know if like there's going to be immediate family allowed in earlier than that or how it will work. But I mean, I could see guys in in baseball saying like, "Look, you know, hold on a second, whatever." We, you know, I could see that being a big sticking point for any athlete wanting to make sure their families yeah. are taken care of in one way or another. You know, yeah. I mean, so obviously, getting to stay at least at home in the case of baseball, you're yeah. you're with your families there. Did guys seem at least? I guess somewhat satisfied with that conclusion, Tyler. Yeah, I think everyone's pretty happy that that like there was no bubble thing implemented, and we had to agree to it to start. And that was what a lot of people didn't understand. That last proposal MLB sent over that some guys or people thought we would have said yes to it gave Manfred the right to implement whatever sort of health and safety protocol he wanted. So like out of nowhere, he'd be like, "Hey, you're going bubble hotel." We're like, "We can't agree to that." Like, I think <laughs> yeah. it, it, like once the time comes and we can like talk about it and if we all think it's a good idea, but guys were like, I'm not doing the bubble situation. A lot of people were saying like, this is just, I mean, obviously family's more important than baseball. It's a short amount of time, but like, I'm not about to just go quarantine away from my family for two months or whatever time. And so it, it ended up working out guys. Like I said, just have to police each other and be responsible. And I think it's going to be, I think we're all going to be all right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I just, um, we were talking COVID before we, you know, hopped on and everything. And I just have to, can I, can I nerd out on you guys for one nerd. second and tell me, tell you something very fascinating. Cause see, I've told you, I've been reading all the science, all right. I've been reading constant science about this stuff and I'm trying to get beyond the sources. And I got, you know, cause you know, information gets politicized and 
and everything else. And by the way, wearing a mask is not hard. Like, I, I don't understand why it's sure. hard or why it's pretty. It's hard for my fat ass to wear a mask when it's a thousand <laughs> degrees outside. Yeah, it is see, hard. See, are you, you're, you're, you're not going to be the person who endorses not wearing a mask. Absolutely I've seen not. you. Absolutely yeah, not. I've I seen wear my you. mask everywhere. Yeah, you put your mask on all the time. Like, you know, hey, if you're in your backyard, okay, don't wear a mask. Like, obviously. But, you know, you know, if you're outside 15 feet apart, okay, whatever. But, like, you know, when we're in stores, if we just all could. But... I'll tell you one interesting thing, all right, that I read recently. It's a scientific paper. They call it a preprint, okay? Um, that I don't know if you guys have seen, heard anecdotally, like different, you know, stories of people you know who like had it, right? Tested positive. People within their household maybe even had mild symptoms or whatever, but never went to get tests because they were just staying home, right? And then tested negative for antibodies, right? And you're like, mm -hmm. well, how could that be? Like, this person definitely had it. Like, if I had it and they were living with me, whatever, right? We know, we know anecdotally. And so this study came out, um, I forget where it was, but they tested family members of people who were COVID positive, but who had not gone and gotten COVID tests themselves, right? And they found, um, it was a small group, but the vast majority, I think it ended up like 75% or something of these people tested negative for antibodies, but positive for T cells responding to the virus. Meaning that we right now have been looking at antibodies as sort of that like, you know, general population of how many people have been infected, but it may not actually be fully indicative of who has been infected. There may be a different immune response. If I'm reading the science right, I don't know. This yeah. is my fucking field, but you know, I've just been into <laughs> yeah. this stuff. I, I'm yeah, just yeah, making yeah. up. You can't be making yeah, up yeah. shit on the podcast, no, guys. No, no, I'm not making up. I'm not making up. But but this but this is based on like then you have other people. It went more mainstream yesterday after I had kind of read the science and I saw people like this. It could mean you had a much 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 higher percentage of people who were exposed, but they have a T cell response rather than antibody bodies um and you know the good news would be maybe we're a little closer to herd immunity than we thought that could be yeah. a potential takeaway our, our t cells and was that have any correlation to like being um contagious at all is it or they haven't done enough that i don't know that i know yeah. i think it's just a different i think it's just like a because i really don't uh, the only thing i know is like in seeing the way these science people like kind of you know uh, outline it for me, you know, like, and mm -hmm. they were looking at that as a potentially good news situation yeah. because it could mean a higher percentage of people had it, that there's something else to use to interpret who was infected beyond just antibodies. Yeah. Um, and the T cell response is potentially being like, you know, a good form of immunity, potentially, you know, uh, again, me just yeah. reading this from people, but like, I figure, Hey, if we want some good news, like, you know, in the midst yeah. of all the shitty news that we're getting, that could be some, that could be some positive news. Yeah. on the side. I know there's rumors too be. about like, they're pretty close to like a vaccine. I'm not an anti-vaxxer by any means, but I'm going to let a couple other people get that first. <laughs> You're going to be yeah, like, I'm oh, not either, but I'm definitely going to get the second uh, wave of it though. Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> you could be like 17th in line, not not first or second. I understand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wait to see if anyone grows any like extra limbs or any crazy shit happens and then I'll go. And, and by the way, any, any people, you know, any immunologists, virologists who are listening to our podcast here, please tweet us and give us more information. We'd love Let to have know, you. Please. you know? we, yeah. we need it, man. We need it. Um, now I, I have to ask you guys, how would you describe the, the feel and the relationship like Yankees rays? All right. Give me, give me a feel of like the, uh, you know, of the um, that's for you, bitch rivalry, you know, give me, <laughs> yeah. give, give, you, you, know what first, I, you talk I, about this one. First. I think it's I, I explained it. I, I think it's like for me, you know, I, I played in the central for so long. And when I was young, 
the Twins were the best team in the Central. And we were coming up, and you know we were the, we were the young team that was coming up. We had all the talent, and we were just trying to dethrone them. So you know we would we would go into the Metrodome playing hard as fuck every you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying every game. Yeah, yeah. And every game was like the seventh game of the World Series, and that's what this raising Yankees uh, rivalry is these days. Like Definitely. every game is played hard. You never know the outcome. Most of the time we go down there and lose three out of four, two out of three. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it's a it's a tough place to play for us. And, and we recognize that. So yeah. you know, it's 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 uh you know, that rivalry is real, man. It's it's really it's crazy because in the AOE you have different rivalries at different times. Like it could be Boston yeah. Yankees, it can be Toronto, and just right now it just happens to be, you know, uh Tampa with in New York with the big rivalry. I yeah, I love it to be honest, personally. Like, cause that's very <laughs> true. Like you're trying to like dethrone the Yankees, like when y'all come into town, I'm like, yeah, like it's you know, okay. We got the Yankees coming into town. I, 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 like I said earlier too, I'm a big adrenaline pitcher. Like maybe most starting pitchers are probably more even keel, but for me, I want to like, I want to be in my feels. And I think it's so much easier to go into that pitching against the Yankees and just like knowing, and like, I like the Yankees growing up and stuff too. So it, it was cool. But I even remember like with that yet, when you, you, uh, you would when you were supposed to get that bonus or whatever, and then you hit the yeah. dude and you went out. I remember like we were sitting in the dugout. <laughs> And I was like, who the fuck? Like, what is, who is this dude? Is anyone like, what the fuck? Like, is, is he nice? Like, is he, and I went to cash and I was like, what? It was like, do you know CC? He's like, yeah, man, he's like a phenomenal person. I don't know. Like, he's a great, so everyone was almost like, oh, so he's like a sick human being. And they're like, yeah, we're like, well, well, shit. Like, if he was a dickhead, then it would be way easier to hate him. But like, it was just funny, man. Oh my gosh. That's tremendous. I love hearing the other side of like the experience yeah. of that, man. That, that that is great. Tyler, uh, like I know our audience when they're listening to this, they're going to be like, yo, this, you know, Tyler Glassnow is fucking awesome, man. Like yeah. I, re- I really like they, they're, they're going to. So let's just ask a, a few before we get you out of here, kind of like personality quick hitters, because people are yeah. I know they're going to even want to know more about you. How about like what's an ideal Tyler off day? Oh, it's a, where am I? Uh, favorite road city, favorite road city. Ooh, I'm from LA. So I actually do. New York is my favorite road city. I lived in New York for three years. Um, in the off season, I used to date a girl that lived there. So I'd say California, like LA or yeah, like LA or New York In LA, I would do like some sort of go on a hike or do something like something outdoorsy, possibly like go surf. If I have time, I suck ass at surfing, but I like I enjoy doing it like growing up and stuff. And then in, in New York, it would be an off day would wake up do some sort of like get my, my blood moving, like sweat a little bit, walk around and then like go eat some unbelievably good food with some really cool people. That's what <laughs> oh, like yes. New York is definitely go eat some sweet food. And then LA is more like outdoors with some awesome people. That's probably like my, my favorite, maybe. And I, and I would drink in both of those scenarios. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are your favorite? Uh, how about a favorite New York restaurant or two since you, uh, oh, man. since you're into the food scene, do you I'm have so one sure. or two? I used to, I lived by like, uh, um, my butcher's daughter. What's the game? Butcher's daughter. Oh, what butcher's daughter. Yeah. Love butcher's, butcher's, butcher's daughter. daughter. Not my butcher's butcher's daughter. Um, yeah. I, I would do like the like. I don't know if it's the greatest food. No disrespect, but like Tao and all those places. You yeah, do, like, it's crazy. Like, fun scene. Go yes. all those places. Yeah, that was fun. Um, but I'll like do just like the little hole in the wall spots. It's, no, you yeah. can't go wrong. Anything that looks shitty is always amazing. Like <laughs> I live by this is this is like 
I don't know if people think you live in New York, but I live by Joe's Pizza for a while. And like, oh, by West oh yeah. That's oh, Ryan's, God, that's all Ryan's the favorite spot. That's my spot, man. Yeah. My favorite yeah. my favorite slice, man. Oh, I always I would go to it. West 4th too and play chess. And I would just get waxed. I like playing chess. I'm not like good by any means. I'm better than your average person. But like, that, I would do that on my off day too. I would go to the park, play chess, lose at like 10 games, <laughs> would have fun doing it, and then go do all the other stuff after. That's that is right. awesome, man. You know what? See, Tyler's got to, uh, he's got to play Carter, man. He's like, got to play he, Carter in chess for sure. That sees uh, how, how old's old. Carter now? Nine? Nine, yeah. yeah he's crazy. He's, he, started, he learned chess when he was five. He started playing. What? Now he's got a coach and shit. Like, he, you know, really? weekends and stuff. Coach, yeah, he plays. <laughs> That's what I said. I need you know, to get a fucking coach. Yeah, yeah. Dude, chess is so much fun. I love chess because it keeps you very, like, in the moment, too. Like, you're like, if you play an hour of chess, you don't know where you are. You know what I mean? You're just doing yeah. exactly what you're doing. But yeah, do you know what like level he plays at or like what his number is? I'm not no, like super. I would, no. I don't, but I can. I mean, if he came, he'd in, probably be me. To be honest, he got a coach. I'd probably get <laughs> waxed by this. You game. know who got me turned on the chess? Uh, Cliff Lee. Cliff is like, really? like in in like you can just see him like turning on the mound like out there. But it was always yeah. like he was always like five pitches ahead of the fucking game. Like That's he was very always. Too. It's crazy. I think probably man. why. Yeah, baseball players like it. I'm, I I got back into. I was in chess club when I was little, and then I got back into it. In 2017, we were in Cincinnati, and I played Garrett Cole. And, I'm, and like, Garrett's a, an intelligent dude, like a smart dude. And I was, like, a rookie coming up. And he was like, yeah, I'm decent at chess, and I hadn't played for a while. And I beat him, and I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I beat you. <laughs> and I was like, right, I got to keep on playing chess. So cool. oh, yeah. That's tremendous, man. I, uh, that's, that was my quarantine learning thing, man. That's what I learned yeah. during quarantine was chess. So the last thing I did, I live in New York uh, in the city downtown, and the last thing I did was go into this little shop called uh, Chess Forum. It's actually right near Carbone, not far okay. from Carbone at all. And uh, and buy like this beautiful, like it's like marble from Italy board, like and just like the f- I, I swear, like the first like three or four weeks when you weren't my fiance and I weren't even taking walks. We're playing chess for like three, four yeah. hours a day, you know, just like getting <laughs> yeah. after learning like, oh, that's a dumb move. OK, now I know. Like, you so, know, yeah. just like, but it's great. Keeps your mind going, you know. We yeah. do that with dominoes. We taught the kids how to play dominoes during quarantine. Oh, so that's awesome. That's man. our weekend yeah. activities. I need days. to start playing dominoes. A lot of our guys play dominoes and I need to start getting on it because it's a better alternative. I don't really like being on my phone a bunch during season or I try not yeah. to and like all over social media and stuff. So it's cool. Like a lot of the Latin players will just sit and play dominoes for four hours and just bullshit the whole time. I got to start getting on that. I wanted to play chess in the clubhouse, but no one would. No one would play. Nobody so. play, right? You got to find like <laughs> no. one person. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And then you yeah. Because nobody wants time. to lose if you're not good. Baseball players are competitive. They're like, I'm not going to fucking lose to you. Like, you get my ass kicked every day. Yeah, <laughs> like, why would I do that? Yeah. The no, only man, person yeah. that will do that is Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks will play you at something, and if you're better than him, he'll keep playing you until he can fucking beat you. I've never yeah, seen anybody that can. He's good at everything. Only because he can take losing for so long. Yeah. <laughs> he can, like a, a, a video That's game a comes out and, or or FIFA or whatever, he'll play yeah. for six months straight, get his ass kicked. But month seven, this motherfucker's the best FIFA player on our team. You know what I'm saying? Like, that. it's just That's crazy, cool. man. Have. Yeah. It's crazy. That's cool. That's an awesome Damn. story, you see. All right, a couple more quick hits for you, Tyler. Uh, favorite uh, favorite music artist or, or who you listen, who you like to listen to pregame? Damn, this is so hard. I love listening to like, if I'm going to go like a, a kind of a majority, I'll go like Future, Young Thug, Wu-Tang Clan, probably to go back to old school stuff, like early stuff too, maybe like Brand Nubian. Mm. Um, oh, wow. 
uh, like I like Marvin Gaye a lot too. If I'm trying to like calm down a little bit, like Otis Redding stuff like that. Oh, um, Budo's yep. band is good. It's like an instrumental band. And then I'll also do like the or like a Van Morrison or like a Led Zeppelin, like old school shit. But I I gravitate more towards like rap, old old rap, old New York rap, and like old California rap. And then even like the newer stuff, like I just like future and just good production, like good beats and drums and stuff. Are you superstitious in a way where like if you have like you listen to a song or or songs in an order, if you have a good game, then you have to listen to it like that again or or no? I've consciously tried to I used to be like that a lot and used to drive me crazy. Like when I was younger, I used to just like I was like a slave to all my weird little thoughts. And I think now my only superstition is like don't have any superstitions like you think it works no it fucking doesn't like i would always i don't it's like dude who cares what you listen to that's bullshit so i try to consciously now like the thoughts do creep in like oh shit i put my left sock on last start no but i usually just go no nah, it's dumb like let's just go out and compete but it's helped me a lot too i think it was like i'm glad i've been able to like turn all that off because you know baseball players that can fucking turn dude i had to listen to the same songs in the same every start and i I, I would do it in spring training and like get my like six or seven songs together and every start i had to listen to those songs in that order it fucking sucked i hated it yeah i I like having like i usually end up doing like once i do get into that like not anxiety but like that adrenaline like before the game you're kind of nervous like i always gravitate towards like the song like just the same kind of shit though i always and that, like the songs I really like to listen to, I like, get my adrenaline going. I usually tend to like stay with, and I, I am consistent. Like the day I start, I want to listen to like heavy bass, like future. Just like I feel like I'm the man. That's what I always yeah. want to feel like the dude yeah. the day I pitch. So I just want to be like a cocky fucking whatever. So usually <laughs> I go to that. Yeah. Right, how about favorite movie or show? I love like what's an easy answer? Like Fight Club. If it's like a thriller, like I like Guy Ritchie a lot. His movies. Mm-hmm. Um. Or like if uh, comedy is like super bad and stuff like that. TV shows, bad, I so like, uh, damn. So, dude, Rick and Morty is actually an unbelievably good TV show. It's like the like cartoon or whatever. And then oh, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, my, my son it's watches so that. Yeah, I love that show. And then uh, or like others, I like Ozarks and like Mr. Robot was good. Stuff like that. Which, yeah. Have you seen Mr. Robot, Ryan? No, I never have. Is it good? You might like Mr. Robot, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Mr. Robot's good, good. yeah. Yeah. Have, yeah. have you guys seen The Floor is Lava yet on Netflix? No. No, you, you put that in the group chat the other day. I forgot yeah. to, uh, I got, yeah, I forgot yeah, you to, got, I got to get on d- that. You got to get on it. It's like, if you've ever played that game as a kid, you know, like where, you know, you yeah. know, The Floor is Lava, right? Like jumping from pillow to pillow or couch to couch or whatever. Yeah. Like it's, it's just like, it's awesome. It's a man. show I mean, it's, or a movie? It's a show. Oh, it's, okay. I bet, I bet you, it. I bet you your kids might get a kick out of it too. See, like it's. It's funny, man. They like have like they set up these rooms and like actually have like, you know, lava like on the floor, like bubbling, you know, what? hot red I'll liquid. Yeah. I'll check it and out. It, it's <laughs> awesome. And they have you have to like swing and try and get to the other side as a team of three. And they have like it's all different kinds of people. It's like some people are athletic, but some people aren't that athletic. It's it's kind of it's sure. fun. It's well done, man. It's oh, like man. a good game oh, show type. Yeah, yeah. My, you'll get my a kick new out favorite of it. show right now is Titan Games. That's all I've been watching is Titan Games. The Rock's new good. like yeah. It's like I've heard a, that's like entertaining. It's like a workout kind of show. Mm, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, now with your new physique there, because yeah, I'm the best at exercising right now, bro. Oh like, my gosh, have you seen this life. guy's pictures, Tyler? See, <laughs> see, no. is jacked, man. He is. Are you just get after it? Is it easier cause... to get in? Is it easier for you to stay motivated and get in shape after season because you don't have the baseball like? Just because I feel like in season two, it's like I li- I'm very active and I like having like an active 
type of recovery within that. But like, mm-hmm. it's so much harder in season than out. Cause you're so just like drained all the time. And like, I feel like yeah, you just have more time now. It, I definitely have more time, but like, I, I felt like when I was training during the season or in, even in the off season, when I was playing, I just didn't want to get hurt. So I would sure. like, I would stay away from doing lunges and squats and all that shit because of my knee. And then like I yeah. had a toe surgery, I, you know what I'm saying? So like little shit as I got older, I'm like, man, I just can't do that. And now yeah. I'm back to squatting and I'm lunging. Like, you know what I'm saying? Doing like I'm all, doing yeah. all the shit Nothing that I couldn't lose. do the past 10 years. So, yeah. you know, I've dropped 30 pounds and trying to put on some muscle now, oh, but yeah. it's way easier to be in a routine, obviously in the off season. And now that I'm done, like Definitely. I'm, I'm sleep by nine 30 up at 5 a.m. <laughs> going for a walk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, exactly. It's, yeah. it's fun to be like a regular person. Exactly, dude. No, sh- yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm so, I mean, I'm not even on, I was going to check it out, but I'm not even on like social media or anything anymore. I, I like, I'm out of the loop, dude. I don't know anything anymore. That's a great <laughs> way to be right there. I wish I could. You, I your wish mental I could health is going to be way better, man. <laughs> definitely. Better. I feel like a normal person after I can like go play baseball and then I don't have to look at my phone and like, cause you know how it is. Like if you start well or you do bad, like, you're a slave, not like you're a slave to other people's opinions, but it's either someone telling you how good you are or how bad you are. And I don't want yeah. either of those. It's just, I just want to be a normal person. Dude, like playing in New York sometimes, I would even be like on the mound. Like if I had a bad couple starts, I'd be on the mound. Like, okay, well, I'm going to say this after the game. Like, yeah. you know, I felt this exactly. way. I felt yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, I end up giving five fucking runs and I go, got to yeah. go in there and talk about how I suck again. Like. It's crazy as soon as you get out of that mental. Tyler, this was terrific, man. We could talk to you all day. Seriously, thank you for this time, man. And I I hope we can do it again sometime. And and good luck. I'm going to be looking forward to watching you and and this 60-game sprint, man. For sure. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. That was a ton of fun. Yeah, thanks for coming on, bro. For sure. You got to come back. All right. I'll see y'all. Well, dude, that was terrific. Tyler was absolutely outstanding. He he was good, man. And, and, you know, he has a lot of info being a player rep, being in on those calls, being a young guy in the middle of all of this. You know, um, it was good to get his perspective on everything. Now, we did um, promise our audience some news and uh, and we'll deliver it um, now. Uh, this is our final podcast episode that we are doing with Uninterrupted. Yeah. Um, it's been a great relationship. I, I know, um, you know, you and I have great relationships with uh, so many people throughout the company and and so much gratitude to Jimmy Spencer, yep. to Maverick Carter, um, to, uh, to TD, uh, to John Fontanelli, uh, to everybody who, uh, you know, early on, Natalie Lest, uh, who also worked on our show, uh, Chris, who does the audio, they've been great to work with, man. And, and, uh, and certainly I, I know we have a lot of gratitude for, for them, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Everybody top to bottom, you know, everybody that you just named. Um, obviously, I've been knowing Mav and LeBron forever. So um, to be able to come on here and, and do the pod for the last, you know, three years has been great. So, um, you know, I owe them everything. We owe them, you know, all the gratitude to them and, you know, how hard they worked on our pod. You guys will hear more details in the you know days to come, so make sure you're locked into C and my social uh, platforms, as we'll have more details uh, on it um, in the days to come. And, and the R2C2 we'll ha- platform now. We got yeah, R2C2 on Instagram. Got to follow R2C2 up. on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, come on. If you guys are listening to the show, you need to be following that. Um, and uh, and we'll um, you know we'll have a little hiatus here. Uh, without episodes, but it won't be that long. We'll be back with new episodes soon. So make sure you keep locked into our social platforms uh, for that. Um, And also want to say that like, 
you know, we leave on good terms. We're both still involved with different uh, pieces yeah, of sure. this company. Yeah, I mean, you, you're part of the More Than a Vote initiative with LeBron. Um, I'm part of uh, a Spring Hill project uh, right now, um, you know, that they're doing with the uh, Astros documentary. So, you know, we're still going to be involved uh, in different ways with different members of this company. And, and there's nothing but gratitude for the way they've grown us. And, uh, and and we're super excited to make this leap, man, for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Super excited to make the leap. But like you said, we'll still be a part of the un- uninterrupted family. So it's, it's good. Amen. Always. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, make sure you stay tuned for more information to come. And uh, and we will be back with new episodes of R2C2 soon enough. And, and make sure, you know, you follow over. I know you guys have been so great. I mean, it's amazing the growth the podcast has seen, the way you've told people about it, uh, the way the numbers have grown, the way the subscribers have grown. So make sure you keep uh, supporting the uninterrupted family of podcasts as well, uh, because, you know, uh, we certainly still have great affection for them. Um, but uh, until then, stay tuned. We'll have more details uh, coming soon and more episodes coming soon as well. But uh, for now, see, that's it. That's Peace. It. <laughs>